Welcome to the Let's Talk South Coast podcast. I'm your host, Nella Pang, and we'll be showcasing the South Coast region as a thriving economy for businesses to locate to. So today's guest doesn't need too much of an introduction. If you're operating on the South Coast, a true-born leader with well-balanced insight and a recently elected president of Hampshire Chambers of Commerce and a senior partner at Paris Smith Solicitors, Peter became much more prevalent on my radar during the lockdowns through LinkedIn. His mission is to elevate the region to its full potential. Not only is in the opportunities, but everyone he surrounds himself with. Peter's day role is a commercial mitigator supporting businesses with commercial contract disputes, liability claims, negligence, and legal claims. He supports his clients by providing business strategies and making sure the board operates correctly and as a unit. He is a wealth of knowledge and a truly an inspiration. I'm pleased to welcome Peter on the Let's Talk South Coast podcast today. Nella, great to be with you. So every time we meet, you always have a plan or an idea you're working on. So can you tell me about the plans as your newly elected president of Hampshire Chambers of Commerce? Yeah, delighted to. We are blessed to live in a wonderful part of the country, which is full of opportunity. And at a time when we are post-Brexit and post-COVID, the strategic opportunities for this region, and in particular a port such as Southampton, which is the largest multifunctional port in the country, the trading hub of the UK, those opportunities, both on the national stage and the international stage, are there for the taking. And when you add in uh, opportunities such as the Solent Freeport, Southampton's bid for UK City of Culture, which we'll no doubt talk about a little bit later on, the whole mix comes together and we can build a really strong narrative for this region. In terms of some of the opportunities, as well as the challenges that we need to address, there is the skills issues, there's the need for businesses to adjust to a, a low-touch economy, uh, which is far more digital in nature. Uh, so there's some skills piece to do around that. There is the levelling up agenda. I am firmly committed to ensuring that when we move on from this mortal coil, actually we've left the place in a far better position than when we took it on. So for me, creating Economic hubs, the county, as a place in which all can have an opportunity to thrive, that is hugely important. Leveling up is not a north-south issue. Uh, it is a place-based issue. And the economic hubs that we have within our county and across the south, they are as much in need of leveling up as parts of the north of the country. So there's that. And then finally, the sustainability and climate change piece. And I'm keen and passionate to ensure that Hampshire Chamber of Commerce helps businesses to understand not only the need to address climate change and to collaborate as to how we can support and preserve the environment, but how we can actually take advantage and achieve competitive advantage around that piece. Fantastic. Sounds like a very busy schedule ahead of you this year. We obviously talk about Singapore as that global gateway, and there is no reason why Southampton or the rest of the South Coast can't compete with Singapore, or do you disagree? No, I entirely agree. I lived in Singapore when I was young. Dad was in the Navy and um, spent two years out there as a child, which was which was amazing fun. And then I was able to take my family back there in September 2019, so six months before the pandemic hit the UK. And as you say, Singapore is just an amazing city, a brilliant port city, and huge amount of activity and opportunity going on. 
for me and I know for a number of business leaders across the South, we've often talked about Southampton being the Singapore of Europe and having that sort of sense of ambition. And I know that shortly after we were talking about that, somebody in government, fairly high up in government, was talking about the UK being the Singapore of Europe. For me, I think Southampton and the region around Southampton gets well placed to emulate on a European stage what Singapore's been able to do in South Asia. Great. I couldn't agree with you more. So the economic and social disruptions caused by the pandemic has been challenging. So how are you committed to ensure that we maintain support and collaboration throughout the whole of Hampshire? Great question. It has been challenging. And for me, what has driven me through the pandemic is the idea that you can either, in the face of a storm, go into a cave and hide and just hope that it blows over and then you come out the other side. Or you work with what you've got. Uh, and in terms of Paris Smith and what we were doing within, within that firm, it was building a windmill in the face of the storm. So seizing all the opportunities. And what I've also seen over the course of the last two years is that real spirit of collaboration across businesses. Even those businesses that you may have thought were competitors and adversaries actually coming together and sharing knowledge for the greater good. And the great opportunity that we've got here is A, a desire to create that legacy that I touched upon before, but also in coming together, we create much greater GVA right across the South. Yeah. We build an economy in which our generation, future generations can flourish. And what is it in, what's in it for individual businesses? Actually, they come on part on that journey. They thrive, they grow because the economy's growing. There's a much bigger cake for us all to feed from. So we need, don't need to be trampling over each other. Actually, if we're all working with the same sense of purpose for the region, that has got to be a force for good. Absolutely. And it's all about that, that the pandemic has obviously benefited that we can work from anywhere and operate from anywhere. And actually, you don't have to be based on the South Coast or in London. People can relocate into our region. So you generally do grow your platform on who you can target and market to, can't you? There are very few boundaries now. As you, as you rightly say, we've, we're now into the world of hybrid working. It doesn't work for every business. Difficult to manufacture stuff from home unless you're a, a small entrepreneurial business that's working and making stuff at home. But on a bigger scale, then you need to have those big warehouse premises or factory premises. But for a large number of the population, they can mix working in the office environment and all the advantages that that has, but also gaining the advantages of working from home, that quiet space, the flexibility. If you've got children at home, you don't need to spend time in a car to go and do a commute to the office. Actually, you can use that time more productively, whether mm -hmm. it's doing a bit more work or for me, just taking a bit of time out and looking after your own well-being. One of the key things from the pandemic is the importance of that balance between one's own life, Absolutely. physical and mental well-being as well as getting the job done that we're looking for. I'm also seeing far greater focus on outcomes and achievements rather than task-driven. So people have started to think, how can I achieve what I need to achieve, perhaps in a different way? You're very closely involved in the adaptation of workspaces and your offices, a testament to that. So people are, there's lots of great conversations going on. How do we make sure the workspace is inspiring for those who need to come into the offices? Absolutely. And it's definitely an office revolution, isn't it? So from what it was historically to your kind of stellar offices to how we operate today. 
So with Paris Smith, um, obviously you are stepping down as MD, taking on a senior partner role and being much more strategic. Um, what are you planning or are there any plans to adapt your office working post-COVID? Yes, there are, in short. And we have found that people work very effectively from home, but also there is a key role for the office. And there will be three key elements to that. One is maintaining the culture of the firm. We are a people business. People need to be together. So there's that social cohesion that's that's really important. There's the mental health and well-being piece. And I was shielding through much of the pandemic. And yeah, there were times where it got tough, got dark. And I put my hand up and I thought, I said to the staff, because I did a weekly video, I said, this is tough and we need to get through this together. But I was very mindful that if I was finding it tough where I was living, then there would be people who'd be living in different environments, far more constrained, who would be finding it even tougher than I am. So that, that mental health piece is, is important and, and coming together in the office is key. And then finally, the learning and development. Very difficult to help juniors develop themselves mm -hmm. in a remote environment. Uh, I can remember when I was training to be a lawyer, the great benefit of sitting in a partner's office, just watching and listening to them, it's almost like osmosis, understanding how they engage with clients, understanding how they even answered a call with a client and gave advice and dictated letters, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, doing that remotely, it's difficult. So for that reason, I, I'm keen to see people back in the office, but whilst also having that flexibility of some time at home. Yeah, great. I think it's a great testament of the leader that you are to be able to show real authenticity and empathy towards your staff. And it comes across in your social media and how every time there's a post about you, Peter, a lot of your colleagues will chip in and say how wonderful of a leader you are because you actually take time and you care about their well-being. And I think it's really important for any leaders coming forward that actually the days of control management ended, obviously pre-pandemic, and we've got this new way of learning how to treat people. And we're living in a much more human-centric environment now. You're absolutely right, Nella, of course. And for me, there's the great saying, it's not what you say or what you do that people remember. It's how you made them feel. So from the moment the pandemic hit and the prime minister said, we must lock down, we must stay at home. My heart and my mind just reached right across the south of England to all the people who are working within Barry Smith. How are they feeling at the moment? Just making sure that they feel safe and secure. Because if you build in a degree of safety and security in people's minds, as well as clarity as to what you want them to do and what their role and responsibility is, that sense of loyalty is immense. And I don't think it's as a result of chance. I think it's I'm surrounded with some great people within Barry Smith. So it's not, it's not just me, it's other people that should take the plaudits. But we haven't seen a mass exodus from the firm that people would do want to come and join us on the journey. And yeah, we're having fun. We're working hard, but we're having fun. I sense check how people are feeling. And my understanding is they feel secure. I'm sure that if they weren't feeling secure and safe and happy, they'd let me know. I know some of your colleagues will definitely let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I won't name names. So let's go back onto the topic of the South Coast. You obviously mentioned briefly about the opportunities and challenges for the economy across the South Coast. And you also mentioned about Southampton having the largest multifunctional port in the country. So what are the strategic roles do businesses in the South Coast have to play? Coming together and building a, a strong narrative, helping to build a strong narrative. And as a Chamber of Commerce, we're going to be front and central in that. But Making sure we don't hide our light under a bushel. I think in the past, we've 
perhaps been a bit too shy as a region and not showcasing all the great things that have come out of the region in the past. The internet was born at the University of Southampton. Tim Berners-Lee was at the University of Southampton. More recently, the university has been closely involved in development of the vaccine. The Spitfire in World War II, tragic event World War II was, but that great engineering was from Southampton. The ships that come in and out of the port, the talent that comes through our educational establishments, the hospitality venues, the rich array of businesses, business sectors. If we can all showcase the great stuff that we've got here, that can provide a really compelling narrative that people in other parts of the country and other parts of the world would say, do you know what? I think if we're going to have a base in the UK or want to have a base in the south of the UK, then that south coast has got some dynamic people in there. And there are lots of dynamic people around, Mm. all like-minded. As a chamber, we did an event at the beginning of 2021 about the sense of ambition for Southampton as a port city. And it was compelling in terms of wanting to be a thriving port city. And that pushes out to the whole county, the whole of the South Coast, wanting to seize these opportunities. The city of culture will drive economic growth if we can secure that. And even if we can't secure city of culture, actually the journey has already started um, and we will make a difference for future generations. So yeah, there's lots to play for, lots of fun. Yeah, lots of opportunities and a huge amount of innovators that are taking place on the South Coast. And it is not until you um, actually recall those the internet was made in Southampton, but you think, oh, actually, yes, it was. And yeah, the Spitfire Memorial that's hopefully going up in the Mayflower Park will actually resonate with people and think, oh, that's where it's from. It's from Southampton. And when when you've got a trading hub and you've got airports, you've got great transport links across the South that are all focused on this central South. And yes, we've got a capital city an hour away. But Mm -hmm. ever mindful that there are people who are less fortunate and we need to take them on the journey with us. I think that is what has been so successful with the culture bit and about engaging the locals as well as the businesses involved in Southampton. So can you just tell us a bit more how this will play a part in businesses across the South Coast? So in terms of the city of culture bit, what we can do is we can, as a starting point, look at the impact of successful city of culture bids in other parts of the country. We can look at Hull, we can look at Coventry. Liverpool in the past has been a European city of culture. And the social impact, impact in terms of the visitor economy and restoring that sense of pride for people, whatever walks of life they are, both within the city, but also the city region is important. And of course, if you've got more people coming into the region to experience what Southampton and the wider area has to offer, that's going to drive more business, more economic activity. So everybody, whatever their position in the supply chain, stands to benefit. And it is clear to me that it's a bit in the name of Southampton, but you've got Bournemouth, Christchurch and Paul supporting it. You've got Portsmouth supporting it. You've got Winchester supporting it. So those other stakeholders can see the enormous benefit to the wider region of a successful bid. So for that reason, I am firmly committed, and I know that whole host of people into it, including you, Miller, to wanting to play their part to make a difference and see if we can just bring this city culture bid success. And I think it's great that we're all working in collaboration rather than competing against Portsmouth versus Southampton, for example. And I think there's so much great things happening, for example, the Solent Freeport. And how do you think that's going to change the dynamics of the South Coast? In terms of the Freeport, that again puts us 
onto the international stage. I'm aware through conversations I have of people from outside the UK looking to establish bases in the Solent Freeport and they're champing at the bit for the detail to come out as to what Freeport may look like. And it won't be a case of moving business from outside a Freeport area into a Freeport area. The function is to attract businesses that otherwise wouldn't come to our area to come and set up base here. For the benefit to the wider region, repeating what I just said earlier on, actually, if you attract a bigger economy, then even the businesses that are sitting outside the Freeport area will stand to benefit. So you've got people working in businesses in the Freeport. They're going to have to go do their shopping somewhere. They're going to need bits and pieces to live, houses, schools, cars, or other modes of transport. The economy, again, will continue to grow. And Freeports in various parts of the world have been enormously successful. I think the Freeports in the UK have been constrained in the past because of the restrictions that we had because of our involvement with Europe. Now those restrictions have been lifted. There is a greater opportunity but we need to work very carefully in order to maximise that. So it's all to play for. And if we want to be the Singapore for Europe, then this is a great way that we can seize that opportunity. Definitely an exciting place to be right now. So if you were to implement one initiative across the South Coast, money, no object, what would you do? That's a very big question. But I think that it is creating through collaboration a sense of pride that we can be world leaders. There is a lot of talk around driving a sustainable economy and where we're sitting in Southampton, that would be naturally around the world of maritime. And we've got some great talent in Southampton that can help us do that. You've got the National Oceanographic Centre, you've got Ordnance Survey, you've got a rich array of talent, you've got the universities. But sustainability for me is key because if we can do that and play our part, that will attract great interest, not only nationally, but internationally build opportunities for those future generations. So that's the big piece. If you're coming into the economic hubs, then creating space in which it inspires people to want to come and visit us and to stay rather than simply pass through and want to enjoy the same experiences that we have. And then finally creating that sense of pride that I really can be less apologetic about living in certain parts of the South and say, you know, I'm really proud to live here. Absolutely. And we've got some great development opportunities to actually bring forward a lot of these sustainable objectives. Okay, so you were cited in the top legal 500 directory as a highly skilled litigator and negotiator. You were the winner of the Business Leader of the Year in 2020 in the South Coast Business Awards. And as we all know, you recently elected as the president of Hampshire Chambers of Commerce. So fantastic accolade of achievements. But what do you think are the main reasons for your success? I was blessed with having two very supportive parents. So they kept me on the, very much on the straight and narrow in terms of you can succeed and you will succeed. School was a challenge for me. I often tell people that I failed every set of exams I ever took, bar one. The one exam I passed was my driving test first time. So for me, that determination, yeah, never to give up. And being really clear on one's sense of purpose. So what drives me is wanting to see other people happy and other people succeed. And being true to oneself is hugely important. I like to be able to put my head on the pillow at night, knowing that I've made a positive difference to other people and that I can sleep soundly and I haven't got anything that's preying on my mind unnecessarily. So being consistent, being true to yourself. Yeah, and that inner determination that... I'm going to make my parents proud. Okay, dad's not around. Yeah. Bloody, he is on my shoulder. Dad passed away in 2014, but he still guides me. 
Mum is 97 and struggling health, but I want to be able to pay back as best as I can all the opportunities they gave me as a child. Well, I can definitely say that you're leaving a positive legacy, Peter. Right, we're going to move on to our quick fire questions. So who are the movers and shakers of our region? Is there an individual, an association, network that you would recommend for the people that are listening to keep well informed of our region? There are a rich array of the great talent and people who want to make a positive difference. So for me, and you and I have lots of conversations about this, there are people who, dare I say, like to have meetings for meetings sake. Mm-hmm. There are other people who want to have meetings in order to make a difference and have outcomes. And yeah, there are many across in, in various sectors, whether it be marine, retail and hospitality, in the media, in the banks, in the accountancy profession, developers or creatives, education, all wanting to make a difference. And they're very active on LinkedIn and on social media. If I was going to sit here and make a, a list of them, which of the key movers and shakers, we'd be here for, for a long time. <laughs> I'm sure the listeners wouldn't want that. The Hampshire Chamber of Commerce, that sole purpose is to be the voice of business in Hampshire and to help businesses connect and help them grow. So I want to make sure that we listen to the needs of people and businesses what they're looking for. And particularly if businesses are looking to come into the region, then please do engage, whether it be with you, whether it be with me or others in the Chamber of Commerce. And we want to forge strong relationships, long lasting relationships, and we can affect great introductions depending on what people need and want. But that chamber is being the voice of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we work collaboratively with the other stakeholders, so whether it be with the city councils or the county council or with the LEPs or the universities. We're agnostic in terms of that. And I think in the past, people have perhaps let egos get in the way. As I said earlier on, that, and we agree, that collaboration piece is hugely important. Yeah, no, it does indeed. Hampshire Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. So what is the best thing you would say living on the sub cases? A sense of freedom as one. The lifestyle in terms of having... Access to fresh air, space, the national parks we've got, the cultural mix that we've got right across the region is immense. The transport mix we've touched on before, the routes into London, because everyone wants to go to London. But then that a rich array of talent in whatever business sector you're working in is there. And there are people with a real sense of ambition and a real sense of purpose. So whilst people have been drawn in the past to those large retail outs, whether it be London or Birmingham, Manchester or other parts of the north, Actually, we've got it all here. And I, when I go away and you come back to the South, I take in a deep breath of fresh air and you think, isn't this brilliant? And then you look up at the sky, particularly on a sunny day as we've got now, and there's just a different light because the sun reflects off the sea and it, and it casts a much brighter light across the region and, and just create that real feel good factor. Yeah, a lot of positivity around here. So last question, because I know that you're a massive fan of mantras. So what is your favorite mantra you live by? I'm going to give you two because I'm greedy. Well, the first one is to wake up each day with a spirit of hope, an expectation that I'm going to learn something new today. I'm going to learn about myself. I'm going to learn about others. And I'm going to put, learn about the world around us. And then the second one is one that I touched on a bit earlier on. It's not what you say or what you do that people remember. It's how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. So for me, helping to enable people to feel positively so they can be the best versions of themselves great mantra so that concludes today's episode hopefully it wasn't too bad peter no enjoyed it enjoyed it time has flown by but thank you for joining us on the let's talk south coast podcast you've been peter taylor the best way to connect with you i guess is linkedin linkedin 
Twitter. I'm on both of those, all through my profile at Paris Smith Adult Perfect. So this show will be airing every Wednesday to bring you the movers and shakers of our region, highlighting the opportunities available across the whole of the South Coast. So if you enjoyed our show, do subscribe so that we can continue to bring key insights of why the South Coast is the place to invest. I've been your host, Nella Pang, and thank you for joining us on the Let's Talk South Coast podcast. This show will be airing every Wednesday, showcasing the opportunities available in our region. If you enjoyed our show, do join us on this mission to create a better work-life balance on the South Coast and subscribe to the show. If you want to understand more on investing in commercial real estate on the South Coast, then drop me an email, nella at omega-re.co.uk. I've been your host today, Nella Pang, and thank you for listening to the Let's Talk South Coast podcast. Making high quality podcasts like this takes a lot of work. That's a fact. But not when you hire Copus. With our white glove experience, we handle everything for you. From guest outreach all the way through publishing and promotion, we handle it all. You show up to hold great interviews like these and build relationships with your guests. We take care of everything else. Podcasting is not just about the audience. Every podcast interview is the start of a brand new relationship. With a weekly podcast, you would build relationships with 52 ideal partners or prospects through podcast interviews over the next 12 months. Do you believe 52 new relationships could grow your business? We do. Why not contact me today, jason at copus.com, J-A-S-O-N at K-O-P-U-S dot com. And let's talk.